You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to finally lay to rest the Chicago Bears era of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. It'll be somewhere between a eulogy and a good riddance. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and five days a week on the show today. We'll finally sort of put a bow. Maybe a bow is too kind of a word, but we'll finally bury the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy era. Figure out sort of exactly what went wrong, hammer it down for sure, and then we can kind of sort of mostly be done with it, right? We, we're already sort of looking ahead to who's going to be hired next, and we have plenty of time to get through so much more of that in the coming days and weeks. But it, I think it's appropriate that we at least sort of look back and, and make sure we're all clear on exactly why things didn't work out the way they do. We'll start with George McCaskey's explanation for how he came to the decision to fire the Bears general manager and head coach. And then we'll kind of go through each one separately. I mean, they're they're connected, and that's one of the larger themes and points here. But there, I think there is also, like, separate cases for each of them for a lot of different reasons as to why they would be fired, why they were fired, why they were should be fired, why the Bears made the right move ultimately in firing and cleaning house in that part of the organization. But we heard first from... Bears chairman George McCaskey, who, who made it clear, right, or tried to make it clear that what they had on the field over the last, you know, four seasons of Nagy and, what, seven or eight of, of Ryan Pace wasn't good enough. And, he, you know, he, he did a good job at least of trying to straddle this line of, you know, you don't want to couple if crap on them as humans and throw them under the bus. Like, he did talk about how they're good men, good people, good character, tried their best, et cetera, et cetera, but... They just weren't good enough. And the things he pointed to specifically, George McCaskey did, in the opening of his press conference was that the offense failed to show improvement. You know, he said in 2018, they were coach of the year, executive of the year, and they were unable to sustain that success. The offense failed to show, show improvement. The team continued to struggle at home. The team did not close the gap in the division and ultimately did not win enough football games. And those are all like sort of obvious things, but it is interesting that specifically those are what George mentioned unsolicited. That was his prepared opening statement was, again, offense not improving, struggling specifically at home, right? I mean, obviously, he mentioned winning, not, not winning enough games, and that, that includes struggling in general. But it seems the thing, these seem to be the things that mattered the most to George to where he felt the need to specifically mention those on the, the outside is the offense failing to improve, not playing well enough at home, and then, of course, not closing the, the gap in the division is something we've heard every Bears head coach and general manager talk about since I've been alive. And I'm sure long before I was alive, every Bears head coach and general manager talked about a lot of those same types of things. And so we really, it, it stands out as this regression. It was nice that there was a follow-up question later on in the press conference where George was asked a little bit more specifically, like, is there anything that stood out as far as moments or time or, or you know, events 
that really sort of hammered home this decision for him. And I, I was surprised that he gave specific answers and specifically the answers that he did give. He said that evaluating Matt and Brian was an ongoing process throughout the season, even up to today. I'm wondering, was there any one moment or any one action that really made you say, this is the direction we need to go in? Uh, I don't think so, Alex. Um, like I said, it's uh, an evaluation of the person's entire body of work. Um, if I could point to particular moments, and this wasn't so much uh, the evaluations of Ryan and Matt themselves, but just where we were and are on the offensive side, I would say in the same calendar year, we twice scored the only touchdown of the game on literally the last play of the game. On the defensive side of the ball, I would point to this season, game one, one of our defenders fails to touch down a receiver who's on the ground. And in game 17, one of our defenders fails to touch down a receiver who's on the ground. Valid criticisms from George McCaskey. I mean, we talked on yesterday's podcast about how it doesn't feel like a great look to call out, in that case, Eddie Jackson in week one and Jalen Johnson in week 18, when they're particularly important players in your defense, right? I mean, he didn't call them by name, but that's who he's referring to in terms of not touching down players. Like you could have, I don't know, like I, I, I'm not going to kill him over that one specifically. The Olin Kurtz thing was a problem, and that's, we, we got into that. And all the other problems with the George McCaskey press conference on yesterday's podcast, we're not going to rehash that whole thing. But it was interesting that he did, he did point to some of those specific types of things that went wrong. And really, so much of it is about that lack of sustainability of the 2018 success. I just wonder how much that 2018 success was realistically sustainable. I mean, like, uh, this is not in any means like a defense of, of Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace, but, like, I think that's sort of the, the point, right? It felt like the team acted like 2018 was good, great, was, was everything they needed, and they just needed to keep doing that, right? It was not like they got totally stagnant about everything, but it just kind of felt like that was the... The, the solution like that was that was that 2018 was everything is figured out and then from there it was just a matter of continuing to just redo 2018 over again but the problem is right you look back at that season and the Bears offense was in the bottom half of the league in every category except points because the defense helped them score so many of those points whether it was the actual touchdowns the defense scored or turnovers setting up the offense for easy points that goes in the points for category that looks like an offensive stat where the Bears finish as a top 10 scoring offense in part because their defense helped them score that much. But like that, that offense in 2018 was not good enough. That's a big reason why they lost in the playoffs when they did it. The defense was able to carry so much of that, uh, that game. And so like you, you end up getting this combination of both the players brought by the general manager not being good enough and also the decisions and lack of development from the coaches not being good enough to repeat the success of 2018 and more so grow from 2018 instead of treating it like that was the successful year that we need to get back to. No, you need to grow beyond that. And so as we got into 2021 then, all we heard last offseason was about how Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are collaborating. That was the buzzword, the synergy, the corporate corporate buzzword of the year, right? Collaboration. And really, I think from then we, we should have known or we thought and then we kind of questioned 
how well they were then entwined. And I think that was ultimately the case, right? I think when they came out last year and said, we are step for step, we're collaborating. He and I are on the same page. We talk every day. That was the messaging of, hey, if one of us goes down, we're both going down. It just didn't seem like the Bears were going to allow those two to be able to separate from each other, given how intimately they were tied this season, really tied through the full four years of the head coach and general manager working together in Chicago, right? Ownership gave them some patience through multiple quarterbacks, different coaching changes, a COVID season, and so much more. And ultimately, four years was enough to really see what the Bears were getting out of that duo. And so the change is made. I think it's a little bit too lazy or too much of a broad brush to paint them together in in every decision. So I, I want to separate a little bit here why Matt Nagy got fired and why Ryan Pace got fired and where those things overlap and, and where they are separate next on Locked on Bears. It is the new year, and if your resolutions include maybe eating a little healthier or getting in better shape, whatever your health goals might be, make sure you make Built Bars part of your everyday diet because built bars are the protein bars that taste like candy bars they really are delicious i haven't had another protein bar product on the market that tastes anywhere close to as good as a built bar but the more important thing is not only does it taste good but it's good for you each built bar is low sugar low calories high fiber and high protein soft easy to chew covered in 100 real chocolate it truly is the best of both worlds healthy and delicious plus they come in a bunch of great flavors you'll find something you love i absolutely guarantee it head on over to built.com enter in our promo code locked 15 and you're going to get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com The Chicago Bears were locked into Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace as one cohesive unit. But when we look at Nagy's tenure in particular, we, we can point to a few things that really stand out. I mean, I think at the top of the mind is play calling and player development. Those are two of the best ways I think we can try and evaluate a coach. And I think two ways that we just did not see nearly good enough from Matt Nagy in particular. And there's there's some separation here, I think, between what we saw happen with the Bears defense that we'll, we'll get into a little bit. But I think you, you have to really start with Nagy at the quarterback position, right? That was why they hired him. You know, he, he was brought, when, when they fired John Fox, it was, it was Mitch Trubisky's second season. It was, we're going to find the coach to come in and build around Mitch Trubisky. And we're, we're sort of having some of those same discussions now about Justin Fields, if we're being honest with ourselves. And I think there's some parallels to that that we need to explore more in, in the future. But that was first and foremost the task of Matt Nagy. And clearly, he was unable to develop Mitch Trubisky. I don't know, fix Mitch Trubisky. Maybe he wasn't broken at that point. But you know what I mean? To, to make Mitch Trubisky the quarterback the Bears wanted him to be and needed him to be. And even if you can say, and we don't need to rehash the whole Mitch debate, but like even if you say, well, no, actually, it was purely Mitch's fault and not Matt Nagy, that's fine. Nagy got more quarterback opportunities and none of them worked. You know, Nick Foles was the quarterback Matt Nagy wanted to bring in and wanted to coach. Doesn't work out. Then they go out and get Andy Dalton, again, sort of the veteran that they bring in and they tout as the guy we think is going to lead us to the playoffs. Tout him as the guy that even after they draft Justin Fields, Andy Dalton is still their guy. They hitched their wagon to Andy Dalton and said, he's our veteran, he's our starter, he's, we're going to roll with Dalton because he gives us the best chance to win, right? He got 
two additional veteran quarterbacks beyond Mitch Trubisky to show his offense and how it would work and to be successful with and to also, you know, just show some of that progress and some of that development. Then you also add in Justin Fields and the way they were totally unprepared for him to take over a spot in that starting lineup and struggled to build an offense around him, call plays for him, and really understand his skill set until much, much later in the season. That's such a, a dooming spot for Matt Nagy. Then you also have, you know, the whole David Montgomery abandoning of the running game regularly enough. It seemed like down the stretch this season, I mean, it was still a problem sometimes, but like it was egregious. You might remember, you know, in 2019, 2020 type times of, you know, where they would just, the game against the Chargers where they ran the ball nine times or whatever. Like there were very clear moments where the Bears abandoned the running game completely. And and those were big problems that even if he did maybe get better a little bit more in, in that regard, it was still one of these common running themes that just, Nagy was never able to quite get right as a Bears head coach. Or you look at, you know, player regression. Allen Robinson, you know, comes in and uh, clearly a number one wide receiver. And there was some risk when they brought him in, but they looked like geniuses for having gotten him on an affordable deal with as productive as he was early in his Bears career. And then the production just kind of kept dropping off from there. And again, is that purely Matt Nagy's fault? Does Allen Robinson deserve some blame for that? Sure, but, you know, it's this back and forth with, you know, the same thing with Trubisky versus Nagy and, and Foles versus Nagy and Dalton versus Nagy, right? How, how often can it just be purely the players and how often does the coaching staff need to get some of the blame in that equation? And that's where it starts to all add up over time with Matt Nagy. Same with the offensive line, right? So many ups and downs, especially this season. Well, and last season too with, with COVID really causing a lot of those issues. But, you know, it was, it was an otherwise pretty solid offensive line early on that helped Mitch Trubisky have the success that he did have because he was able to get some decent pass protection. Not that they were a top offensive line by any means, but right, it was it was a part of the it was a part of what has also seemed to have gotten worse and had issues fluctuating over time. And it's all you then sort of add in how the play calling didn't help the offensive line. The play calling didn't help Ellen Robinson. The play calling didn't significantly help the quarterback spots. The play calling certainly held back David Montgomery in terms of not getting enough play calling. And that's that's where we start to reach some of these conclusions that the Bears reached. But the thing that really stands out to me the most, as I as I look through this Bears offense in particular, I'm kind of sticking there with Nagy because defense Fangio leaves, and, and that really is the catalyst there, which you can blame Matt Nagy for, not, not for Fangio leaving, but for not being able to get the right defensive coordinator to take the personnel back to that level. Maybe 2018 wasn't sustainable, and like it's a small sample size now for Sean Desai to say, was he a terrible defensive coordinator? No, but defense was decimated and didn't have good talent anyway. But like the Chuck Pagano hire didn't seem to really pan out as a, a great one. It was mediocre at best. The defense regression ultimately had was Matt Nagy's decision at the top, even if he wasn't directly coaching the defense. But beyond that, as I was looking over this Bears roster right now in this season, if you really sit down and think about it, can you name a Bears offensive player that got significantly better from the time they came to Chicago to now or the time they left Chicago or whatever it might be? I can think of the, the two names that are going to jump to your mind right away. Well, it's like David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney. And yes, both of those players play very well. But both of those players came in their rookie seasons Playing very well right away. Week one starters. Boy, I think Montgomery was it was a David that had a weird sort of 
rotational thing at first. But, he, I mean, his whole rookie season, right? Great, great rookie season. Darnell Mooney, great rookie season. And so, yes, both of those players have gotten better as they've gotten multiple years into their career. But you sort of expect there's, a, there's like a base level that, like, you know, young players are going to get X amount better just naturally with more experience. And that you would hope the coaching staff can help accelerate that development. And it, it's hard for me to sit here and point to, you know, I mean, I don't want to take, I don't want to give them zero credit for Montgomery and Mooney, but like when those players already came in as good, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to really shower the praise and give all the credit to their development. But like any other player, like I'd be specifically looking for a player that maybe when he came to Chicago, wasn't very good and then became noticeably better after playing for the bears on and getting coached by this bears coaching staff. And, and I just can't find players, you know, like Larry Borum came, you know, came in and has played pretty well as a rookie. I don't know if we've seen like specific development there. Cole Komet hasn't really gotten much better. Wide receivers not named Darnell Mooney haven't gotten much better. Cody Whitehair and James Daniels and Sam Mustafa are all still inconsistent. Mustafa has not really gotten any better, even though he's been in the starting lineup, right? There's just not offensive players that have been developed at all. Oh, I mean, you know, like Cordero Patterson leaves the Bears and is better in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like that, it seems like it's more common that we're seeing those types of things happen. Player leaves the Bears offensively and is better somewhere else than the Bears actually were for developing an offensive player. We've seen defensive players get developed, and that's a different story, but I don't, I can't give Matt Nagy credit for, you know, the, the defensive lineman, for Travis Gibson, for the outside linebacker, you know, for, you know, for and Nagy's not one-on-one -on -one coaching them, he's, but he's much more intimately involved in the offense, and there just weren't those players that got better. And that's such an indictment of the head coach and the coaching staff that he has assembled. And I think that on top of the play calling and all those other things is why Matt Nagy got fired. I think it's a different discussion with Ryan Pace. I think... Honestly, Ryan Pace had a stronger case to keep his job than Matt Nagy. But ultimately, the Bears still made the right decision in changing out the general manager. We'll go through some of his biggest mistakes that ultimately led to his losing of his job next on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, I want to tell you about a new app for anyone who ever fills up a car or any vehicle with gasoline. It's called Get Upside. And Locked On Bears listeners can get up to 25 cents cash back per gallon of gas Every time you fill up your tank, you just download the free Get Upside app in the store and boom, you'll start earning money right away. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right back into your Get Upside account and you can cash out anytime. If you want to connect your bank account for a direct deposit, boom, easy enough. If you'd rather cash out via PayPal, they, they, they're easy connect there as well. Or you can do e-gift cards for Amazon and other online retailers if you just want to skip the exchange entirely and just keep it all sort of in the online family. Some people who drive a lot actually can make as much as two to $300 a month just in cash back, just for filling up your tank like you do every week or however often you end up filling the tank. You don't have to do anything different. You just use the Get Upside app. I think you take a picture of your seat and boom, they take care of it for you. So download Get Upside in the App Store or Google Play. Enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN and they're going to give you a bonus cash back up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN in the Get Upside app. Just because the Chicago Bears season is over doesn't mean there aren't Bears bets to be placed at betonline.ag. And already they have odds for the next head coach 
of your Chicago Bears. The betting favorite right now, as I'm recording this, Brian Flores, the former Dolphins head coach, plus 150, followed by Jim Harbaugh at plus 600, Leslie Frazier at plus 650, tied with Brian Dable at plus 650. So clearly at Bet Online, Brian Flores is the overwhelming favorite. But if you got a hunch, you got a feeling, you want to make this head coaching decision that much more fun, come on over, lay down some bets on that prop, and you could cash in big. Sign up today for a free account and enter in our promo code Locked On, and Bet Online is going to give you a free fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's them literally giving you free extra money with your deposit to give you more to play with and win at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. As they say, Bet Online is where the game starts. For Ryan Pace. The reason you fire him starts with the fact that he picked the coach that you're also firing, right? To some extent, it does start with all the things we talked about for Matt Nagy because those decisions were predicated by the person that Ryan Pace helped pick to lead his team. So, I mean, right, there is that aspect of, like, picked Matt Nagy, he failed. Picked John Fox, he failed. We, we still don't really know how much Ryan Pace got to help pick John Fox versus how much John Fox was picked for Ryan Pace. And so with hindsight, I try not to like kill Ryan Pace for the John Fox thing because we just don't know. But it's the swings at head coach and it's the swings at quarterback because Matt Nagy did not pick Mitch Trubisky. Ryan Pace did. Matt Nagy was not here for Mike, Mike Glennon. Ryan Pace picked Mike Glennon. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Ryan Pace moved on from, from Jay Cutler, which... We don't need to rehash the Jay Cutler thing over again, whether or not, I'm not going to call that a big mistake or anything, but like that, that was Ryan Pace's choice. I guess he did not, quote unquote, have to move on from Jay Cutler, but he made that decision. Maybe that was the right decision. Maybe it wasn't. But obviously when he did make that choice, he was then tasked with getting a new quarterback in there. Pick Mike Glennon, failed. Pick Mr. Trubisky, failed. Pick Nick Foles, failed. Pick Andy Dalton, failed. You know what I mean? Like that, as much as we can blame Matt Nagy for those quarterbacks that he was here for, you can... Even more importantly, blame Ryan Pace. And this is, you know, these are the areas where they're a little bit more, you know, intertwined and, and you know, side to side on sharing the blame for, I think, all, all of those non-Mike Glennon. And I guess, I don't know, they could sort of they share the blame for Trubisky probably. But Glennon is all Pace, but all the others are at least somewhat shared between the head coach and the general manager. But then you add in, especially earlier in Ryan Pace's tenure, the missed draft picks early on. And there's always a recency bias with this where it's like, we don't know for sure what the Bears' more recent draft picks are going to pan out and end up ultimately looking like. I mean, it's easy to look back and say Kevin White bust and, you know, and of course, Mitch Trubisky, Adam Shaheen bust, you know, a lot of those sort of, those are easy to look back on. Whereas now it's like, we, well, we don't know for sure whether Cole Komet is going to be a bust or not, right? I mean, we like, or like, you know, we like what we've seen from Tevin Jenkins so far, but he didn't play that much. We just don't know, right? Same with Justin Fields, right? We just don't know. They're not busts yet, though. So we, you're not going to criticize the general manager for a young player before we know what the young player is. But then when you look back at so many of the previous ones, it was not, uh, it was a bad track record at the top of drafts. Of course, we know he did well at later in drafts, and that made up for some of the things that you know he missed at the top. But, but that was the theme of Ryan Pace's tenure that I, that I always kept coming back to throughout these years. He always ended up needing to spend a lot of time cleaning up his own mistakes. You know, he would miss and then have to make a trade, spend money, spend draft picks to fix the mistake that he had already made earlier, right? Like initially, he's fixing Phil Emery mistakes, and that fair, he took him some time to sort of turn over the roster. But then as he's trying to fix Phil Emery mistakes, he brought in the wrong quarterback. 
brought in the wrong free agent cornerbacks, free agent receivers, and then had to sign Allen Robinson to fix the misses on receivers he did earlier and draft. Well, I guess he drafted Mitch Trubisky and Mike Glenn was the same offseason, but you know what I mean? Like he had to sign, he had to trade for Nick Foles to fix his Mitch Trubisky mistake. And he had to sign Andy Dalton to fix his Nick Foles mistake that fixed the Mitch Trubisky mistake. You know what I mean? Like he had to draft Justin Fields to fix the Mitch Trubisky mistake. Right? They just, they, it's, it ends up fighting, he's fighting against himself. In a lot of these cases, or you know, what I mean, or it's same with like free agent signings. You know, I mean, he he signs, but Pernell McPhee, I think, and then he wasn't able to really stay healthy. You had the the Will Young, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Lamar Houston, excuse me, Will Young, Lamar Houston, Pernell McPhee, edge rusher group, and then eventually you have to trade for Khalil Mack. I mean, you wanted to trade for Khalil Mack, but like you know, what I mean, that's how you can fix the lack of pass rushers the Bears had had leading up to this point because Ryan Pace hadn't been able to f- to really fix those positions. So when you combined missing those draft picks the top draft picks in particular, and whiffing on some of the big free agents early on. Then he spent so much time trying to fix those missed draft picks and replace those those botched free agents' decisions. So then you start, you know, even as you get closer to this year, and the, some of those are easy to think of in the past in full hindsight, but like now, this offseason, 2021, Ryan Pace releases Charles Leno, releases Bobby Massey. Both your offensive tackles gone. We don't have to debate again whether or not Bears fans wanted those at the time, Charles Leno just got a contract extension from his new team because he played well for them. But regardless, right, he has to, because of his own financial mishandlings and Bears needing cap space, he cut two veteran offensive line starters. And what do we get? A mess a lot of the season on the offensive line. Would Charles Leno and Bobby Massey have solved all those problems? Absolutely not. Fair, right? This is not, each of these individually is not the world's worst general manager decision. And you can poke holes in, in, in find positives right and in all these things it's not a cut and dry like universally bad but like had to cut offensive linemen to save money offensive line now has issues that limit the quarterbacks that he brought in that also weren't good enough or you know cuts Kyle Fuller and has to make turnover at the cornerback spot goes into the season with plan a is Kendall Vildor and Artie Burns competing on the outside and Duke Shelley and Marquis Christian in the slot and none of those players are any good none of them are good that was his plan A, and what he said before the season said he was excited and, and thought the, the competition they had in the secondary was a strength of this roster. It was a real thing he said entering the 2021 season. Clearly one of the most massive weaknesses on this Bears roster. He just, he can't, he couldn't get it right, in part because he needed to clear the financial space from his own mishandled salary cap situations, cut Kyle Fuller. Again, Fuller had a bad season in Denver, Right? It's not to say that would Fuller have solved all the problems? No, but he was never able to solve, was never able to get something in here that was consistent enough at cornerback this season. Never got the tight end position right. We still don't know. Do the Bears have a good tight end? We don't know. Cole Komet, maybe, maybe not. Jimmy Graham, old and overpaid. You know, the Trey Burton thing and the injuries and trying, they had 10 different tight ends in here and rotating around. I mean, it was, he never got that position right. Like the gems that he found ended up just needing to make up for the mistakes, right? The one, the, the, the low, the low money value free agents, the late round draft picks, those were great, but those are supposed to kind of be the bonuses, right? You don't build your, your, the foundation of your team necessarily on fourth and fifth round picks that happen to pan out. I mean, you build your team on first and second round picks and you sort of you know, draft and develop that way. And instead, you know, it, it was the Darnell Mooney find that makes up for all the other wide receivers struggling, right? If, if not for the gem and Mooney, they would have had nothing at that position or, you know, some of the guys on the defensive line, the outside linebacker spot. I mean, they just, these guys have had to make up for other issues that the team has had 
with the general manager being in charge of all of those decisions. And that's why Ryan Pace ultimately got fired because he would just, he would still this offseason be cleaning up some of his own mistakes from this season, including, you know, the offensive line and the cornerback and building and supporting the quarterback and fixing his own mistake of picking the wrong head coach too. I mean, you know what I mean? That's, that's what it keeps coming back to with Ryan Pace. And that's why the bears made the change at general manager, why the bears made the change at head coach. We got, I mean, we do got to give George McCaskey credit for that. As much as we were frustrated with all the things the chairman said at his press conference the other day and how it, there's kind of pessimistic about it and not feeling great about how they're going to go about hiring a head coach, at least they made the right decision to fire them. I mean, what if that press conference had been McCaskey coming out and saying, we believe in Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? Would you feel better then? Like, at least now you have a chance to do something different. If I feel like that would have been the worst press conference if McCaskey had kept his GM and head coach and use that whole presser to try and sell you on why they're still the right guys to lead the franchise again. Like I will give him credit for making the right tough decision to make that change. And that's, that's something, right? If we're going to kill him for all the ways he had terrible public relations and question answering can at least give him credit for the bigger picture, making that initial first right decision. It's just a matter of being concerned about the decisions he's going to make from here. But hey, we have a lot of time to break down what those decisions are going to be and what his options might be. We'll get through some of the different general manager candidates, the head coaches, and so much more all throughout the week and the, the coming weeks as the Bears make these decisions right here in the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. However you're listening right now, or if you're watching on the YouTube channel, because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. I appreciate everyone who's been liking the videos and commenting, creating these sort of discussions around the podcast, around the videos, really sort of adds to the experience a little bit more. You sort of share it with me and your fellow Bears fan. And I think more than anything else, that is a great way for you to bear down. <laughs>